0: Hey Thunder fans, it's time to take your game to the next level with MidFirst Bank and the Thunder Rewards credit card. As the exclusive provider of the Thunder credit card, MidFirst is bringing you a chance to score big. For a limited time, you can earn a $150 bonus when you apply for the Thunder Rewards credit card and spend $1,000 in the first 90 days. Apply today at midfirst.com forward slash Thunder offer and deepen your Thunder pride today. MidFirst Bank is proud to be the official bank of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the exclusive provider of the Thunder Visa credit cards, debit cards, and gift cards. Be Thunder proud every time you make a purchase. Apply today with your Thunder Rewards credit card at midfirst.com forward slash thunder and make every purchase with Thunder authority.
1: I'm Deontay Burden, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamaru Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to dort.
0: What's dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Gildas Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlepp Today is our last podcast with DailyThunder.com and with CLNS. Uh, I just want to thank everybody that's been involved with both uh, companies, both websites have been amazing to us in the Growth of our podcast. Uh, it's It's been a wonderful opportunity. I remember the day that we got on Daily Thunder. I had badgered Royce Young enough to finally get us on the site and it was a, a huge day of celebration for us. It was such a big step for our podcast. And so uh wanted a huge thanks to Royce and to really what he's done to create that, um, that website and that community. And then Weston, who was a huge help to us along the way. And then the current guys that are doing a great job uh, and Cray and John, you guys are, everybody's doing a great job. So uh, I'm excited for our next opportunity that will be announced soon. Uh, not quite ready for that yet, but today is our last show with that. Uh, and with me today is my good friend Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Big announcement. It's a big announcement.
1: 2020. Yeah, I know. New New Year, new pod, man. Yeah, I'll be happy to join if you still want me on Mondays. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> this is the news. I'm quitting. Yeah. Or what was the other What was what the other one? Uh, what the other one? Uh, should I? Start talking in Italian, like, randomly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, <With> Alex <Senna>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
0: man. Uh, <laughs> man, this Thunder team. How about this Thunder team? They beat Toronto without Siakam, without Gasol, without Powell. I get it. But the Thunder are without Schroeder, who's been really one of their best players this year, without Gallinari. And they still win the game on the road. It was that was an amazing win, and Shea showed that he really can be a superstar level player in this league. I mean, I firmly believe that. We got Mike Schmitz out there saying that he can be the second best player in the draft behind Luca. It's it is just you can see it, and the last few games you can definitely see it. You can see that he can, he can seize the moment, and he can be. I mean, is it?
1: crazy to say that he could be a number one guy i don't know um usually smart guys will tell you just pump the brakes and this is just one game or a streak of five games or like 15 games during a season is is too little of a sample to say anything but where's the fun like we should enjoy every single second and hope for a future where Shea is either 1A or 1B um, in OKC. Because I think that from what we see, there is a chance. There is a non-zero chance. And to be honest, probably like a good chance that Shea ends up being one of the best players on the team and maybe the best player. Um, So games like the one against Toronto shows you that he can carry a team offensively um there are a lot of things that he will learn to do he will learn how to involve players it's not it's not his task today his task today is to score the basketball and to be uh, an offensive weapon alongside another ball handler i don't know uh, what kind of shape we will see when he will be tasked with a, a full point role if it ever happens because we don't know um, right what other talent will play with shay and this is one of the most amazing features, we said it many times, uh, one of the most amazing things about Shea is that you can put whatever uh, other backcourt made with him and he will make it work because he's so talented, so versatile. And and again, last night he was eating step-back step trees, He was hitting floaters, mid-range jumpers, like everything. The guy can do everything. Now, I think that he will be... He will learn how to do these things better. And so, why not thinking about him as a possible number one guy?
0: It's certainly possible. And I've definitely been somebody that's been pumping the brakes on Shea all year, just because I don't want to get too excited. But this recent stretch of three point shooting, of scoring in the lane, his floater, uh, I mean, he's just, and he's got potential to be a great player on both ends. And I think feel like he's got not only the right mentality, but he's got the right mentor alongside him right now. And you can tell how close those guys are. And the, the, the interview at the end of the game or after the game with Gallo where he's messing with him about his haircut, like that's one, it's hilarious. And if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. And two, it just shows the relationship those guys have. Those guys haven't known each other that long. And to form a bond like that so quickly and to see how much fun these guys are having, uh, is meaningful. And I think that it, I just, not only is Shay great, but how great Chris Paul is. I think that we all underestimated it. I would guess that Sam Presti even underestimated the impact that a guy like that could have. Sure. He's a great player and he's really smart and he's the point God. He's all of those things, but the impact that he's had on this team, the organization, the city—again, for the second time—I I just don't know that we could have really expected this. He—he he was tremendous last night. He was a, a plus twelve and a one-point victory last night. Almost had a triple double. He was one yeah. assist. He was two assists away from having a triple double. He was tremendous. I don't think we even said Chase line. Thirty-two points, seven boards, two assists, three steals five of six from the free throw line. Uh, he was, they were both just awesome. It wasn't, they're an awesome tandem together. And you kind of wondered what this team was going to be able to do last night without Schroeder and without Gallo, there was going to be a lot more shots to go around. You get 18 for Chris Paul, you get 21 for, for Shea, and you get a victory in Toronto.
1: That's, that's impressive. Um, you can say that Toronto wasn't a second night of a back-to-back, but OKC played a lot in the last few days. So, I mean, surely the, the legs were a little bit heavier uh, on the Toronto side in the last few minutes, but this is a great win. There's no way around it. And, and as I said, I mean, the, the interview after the game, can you imagine that happening two years ago? Like, or even last year with a rookie saying to the de facto leader, of the locker room, don't stole my my moment, don't stole my spotlight, something like that. Mm-hmm. Jokingly, of course. But there is a, a freedom in this team there that that it's 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 really enjoyable, I think. And are you are you hating on Russ right now? Is no, that what's happening? no, not, not on Russ. I mean, Jeez.
0: go back. Wow. Go back.
1: <laughs> Probably so. Go back to <laughs> the last five years. Probably because of the tension that this team had, the they they were always the team to beat in the West or close to that. Yeah, that 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 puts a toll on you. This team has no expectation whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it's us, nor KD, nor uh, Perk, or anyone. I'm just saying that when you have the burden uh, on your shoulders to to be a title contender every single year, those things, those real moments of camaraderie, of real fun, maybe not there every night. Uh, and as fans and as media or whatever uh, we are now, uh, it's enjoyable to watch just happy guys playing very good basketball, free basketball, and and they ha- they're they having good nights like that in, in a tough place uh, to play like Toronto. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's expectations, right? Yeah. It's it's and I think that's what is making the experience so much fun for fans and for the team alike is that there's no expectation that this team is going to be this good and that mm-hmm. they're going to come together and they're going to play like this. There was no expectation. And this team has not exceeded expectations since what, 2010? Yeah, probably or maybe 2000 I guess the 2012 season when they got to the finals they exceeded expectations. And maybe I'm being unfair to the 2016 team that we didn't think would get past the Spurs. But yes. there's been very few instances in Thunder history where they've exceeded expectations, especially in the regular season. The 2016 team in the regular season was so disappointing. Remember they couldn't oh. even they couldn't beat the Spurs in the regular season. They had all these players, they had you you were I mean, you had uh, Zach Lowe calling Dion Waiters and Ennis Cantor uh, dog crap and stuff like that on his podcast. And it was it was tough. And since really the regular season in just the regular season, I think it's been probably since 2010 that they've like really exceeded expectations. And it feels it feels nice because usually this is about the time of the season where you're like, yeah, the Thunder are good, but how good and they're, you know, are they in top flight contention? Are they not? Or like who? And now you don't have to answer all those questions because you're just enjoying good basketball. There is no agenda for any of these players. I mean, Darius Baisley, who played a great game that deserves a lot of credit last night, took seven threes. You know,
1: <laughs> it's I mean, insane. when
0: when does it in Thunder history? you don't bring a rookie power forward into the starting lineup and give them seven threes. I mean, that just doesn't happen because you've got other guys that are going to take, take up shots. I mean, this team really is playing freely, not only with free of expectation, but free in that the ball is going to move where it needs to go. And the ball movement, player movement stuff that Billy Donovan, I swear he wrote it on the board every single game that I was there for Russell Westbrook. He wrote it on the board, but it's finally happening. And you could, we're finally seeing the, the type of coach that Billy can be. And he's being free with his lineups. We got to talk about Dort here in just a second. Um, but first, I'm going to tell you about KP's Cleaning Services. You got to check out KP's Cleaning Services and support the people that support Down to Dunk. They're a small local business. They service the Oklahoma City metro area and surrounding areas. And they're servicing my home today. And I could not be more excited. Because they do such a good job, I cannot wait to walk into my house and it be KP clean. It's truly a unique cleaning experience. Please give them a call, 405-290-8172 for a free quote. They're just wonderful people. They left me a gift. I think I already said that, but I just got to tell you. They They just go the extra mile in almost every single way. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Just search KP's Cleaning Services. Wonderful people, wonderful service. Support the people that support down to dunk. Uh, McKelly, last night, Lou Dort got some time. And the defense that he played last night was tremendous, along with Terrence Ferguson. And we can get into Ferguson's offensive side for after this a little bit, because I do think it needs to be addressed. But. The defense that Ferguson and Dort played on Lowry and Van Vliet at the end of that game was textbook. They shut them down. They did not allow them any room. And they stayed right in front of them. And I couldn't it was just amazing to see. And from Ferguson, you come to expect that because that's the kind of player that he's been. But from a guy like Dort, who we we watched some stuff on him pre-draft, and he was supposed to be a first-round pick. And you knew that he had the highest arcing three-point shot maybe in the history of the NCAA. It's crazy. Um, but the defense that this guy can play, and really the decision-making too, because there was one fast break where he could have forced it. And I know my, my boy Deontay, who I love in my heart so much, would have forced the fast break and probably either turned it over or missed a layup. Dort probed the defense, realized he's not getting there, pulled it back out. And it was just such a smart decision where you're like, okay, like he gets this. And I, I did an interview with Dort uh, a little while ago, and he really thinks of himself as a point guard. And you ask him, like, what position he plays, he thinks of himself as a point guard type of player. And he kind of has that mentality uh, a little bit in the offensive end. Like, he's a pretty decent passer um, and a, dis- a decent cutter, too, and kind of knows w- where to navigate. Uh, but just overall, what are your thoughts on what Dort has been to this team? As a two way player,
1: I mean, you rightfully said that his defense um, in Toronto, but I would say every game he played was sensational. Uh, just flat out sensational. You don't have many rookies that can go and guard Donovan Mitchell, uh, Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet, uh, Murray. I mean, and I'm forgetting someone. Well, Lillard and CJ. Like, he guarded basically the the best guards in the league and came out on the right side of it. This is really it's, impressive it's, for, is. for a rookie. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there is something else uh, that I want to touch base on, because there was a question that um, I think it was Dr. Pepsi uh, asked me about Ferguson uh, as a defender saying mm-hmm. that the numbers aren't there. And yeah. he, he is right. I mean, if you look at in the glass with Ferguson on the court, the average uh, points per possession that OKC gives up is 111.7. Yeah, that's, that's which great. is can you can you guess? And there is a ton of possession, like a uh, thousand, 1, um, like 1,400. In the 220 possession that Dort played, can you guess the defensive rating? 89. No, 97. There'll be, there'll be that. Like, 89 is, is preposterous. Like,
0: <laughs> it's a smaller sample. I don't know. 97.7. 97 is great. 97 is legitimate. And and here's the deal. What's weird is that Ferguson passes the eye test yeah. on defense, right? Yeah. When I mean, you watched him defend these guys last night, you watched him defend Paul George. In the Clippers game of the Thunder 1. They don't win that game without the defense of Terrence Ferguson. He passes the eye test. The numbers are not there, though. I Yes, I totally agree that some of the worst Thunder lineups are with Terrence Ferguson on the court. And it's strange. The three-guard lineup, great. You put Terrence Ferguson in there, not so great. It's just, it's it's a little baffling. And it, it makes you wonder a little bit about Terrence because he's not... He's not taking the steps forward that you want him to take. He's he stays in the corner. He gets the ball. He even has daylight to shoot it. He passes it off. I mean, the dude has yeah. has he taken any contested shots this year?
1: Very few, maybe at the end of the clock. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, like like a, it's got to be like a handful. I mean, yeah. at most, yeah, not many, not many.
0: I mean, he scored. Did he score last night? He didn't no. score last night. He no, scored. No. In the past six games, he scored 12 points. Yeah, that, that, is,
1: that is sad. But
0: let's, I mean, let's Robertson, go back to Dore, please. I'm just going to say this real quick. Andre, I, don't, I don't know if Andre Robertson went through a stretch like this, where he scored 12 points in six games. Because Dre would always find ways to score. He'd be cutting, yeah. he'd be moving, he scored in transition, he used his athleticism. That's the thing with Ferguson that drives me crazy. Is that he doesn't use his athleticism to his advantage on the offensive end at all. Like none. Yeah.
1: That's it's
0: just it is a it's just weird. And I, I still believe in him. He's still very young. I mean, he's still yeah. extremely young. I still believe in him as a player in this league because he can defend at such a high level and he does have a good shot. Like he can shoot it from three. He just needs to get the opportunities. He can do it. It's just He's got to figure it out. And he's got these guys that... I mean, he's got Chris Paul passing the ball, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just a wild... It's a wild situation with him that I want to continue to monitor because I do think that he can be a lot better than what he is. Uh, but he's surely been a disappointing offensive player. Okay, back to Dort.
1: Yeah, no, now no, no, I have to say something. on am poor, for... <laughs> um, I, I feel bad for him. Like, he took 18 trees. In the last four games. This is not bad. It's yeah. almost five per game. And mm-hmm. and he made two. Yeah. Like, this is disappointing. I mean, yeah. it's not yeah, that he's not getting the chances. He's shooting 26.8% in December. Like, 268 mm-hmm. And And players go through rough stretches and, and whatnot. But with Ferg, I mean, last night he had five wide open trees. Of very good kind, like corner trees, wide open corner trees with good passes. And there is something with Ferg that if doesn't click, he is just off offensively. Uh, back to door. I, I agree with what you said about the fact that he's kind of a point guard. And he's an hybrid ball handler, I would say. He can play um, off ball because of his cutting. I mean... The, the way in which he find the dunker spot um, yeah. where Herbie find oh. with, with that crazy pass. The two-way connection. Yeah. That's the- <laughs> probably, it's probably a very rare thing to happen.
0: I'm sure it's happened in Golden State a bunch because they play their two-way guys all the time. Yeah. But an assist from one two-way player to the other is probably a very rare thing in the NBA.
1: Yeah. And, and it's just a good cutter, a good overall basketball player. Yeah. Too bad his shot is... Needs really a rework Because I don't think I don't think with that That way of shooting He's not going to be A good three-point shooter Ever No Because no. And probably is Because he's so strong That he really gives Too much Into the ball I mean The, the air ball that he, that he That he had Was I would say Three feet wide Like How can you shoot Three feet wide Like It's 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 borderline insane, but on the other side of the of the ball, he is legit. He is legitimately a good defender for any NBA standards because he can be a good uh, positional defender. He can be good in terms of following guys from um, off screens. He can slide through screen, which is a very hard thing to do and things that Andre Robertson took like two or three seasons to perfect and I'm not saying that Dort is at the same level, but he's already at a good level, good enough level. He lost Lowry twice. I mean, twice in a game. I mean, we are talking about one of the best point in the league. Like, it's, <laughs> it's 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 crazy. Maybe it's a stretch. I don't want to get overly excited, but Dort's defense can be something that guarantees him a contract.
0: He does have high-level talent. I think he thinks the game well. I think that he, his defense is tremendous. And you don't have to be a great shooter in order to get on the court in the NBA, but you do if you can be an elite defender. But if you can cut like he does, if you can find ways to score. If you can find ways to stay involved, if you can score in the fast break. Like those are ways that you can stay on the court. Ideally, he can figure out a way to shoot. He's still very young, and I think that guys can learn to shoot it. Uh, So far in Oklahoma City, that hasn't happened a whole lot. Uh, But... (laughs) I think that he's he's a guy that I do think can be you know at, at minimum like a into the bench rotation guy that comes off the bench and can defend guys and that's that's a great thing. Uh, let's take a look before we take a look at the uh, some offensive and defensive numbers for the Thunder. I want to tell you about Peyton Marie Photography, peytonmarie.com dot com at Peyton Marie Photo on Instagram. Peyton is an Oklahoma-based wedding photographer. Her main goal is to capture authentic emotion and unforgettable moments through bold and creative images. Her photography style is non-traditional, genuine, and a bit out of the box. She believes your photos should be a true reflection of who you are and that your wedding photos shouldn't be like anyone else's. Though she's based in OKC, she loves to travel anywhere for destination weddings and elopements. She is giving you guys... This, guys, it's December 30th, and you haven't done this yet. You better get on it today. 10% off special exclusively for Down to Dunk listeners. Contact her through Peyton Marie Photo or PeytonMarie.com, and you'll get 10% off if you mention Down to Dunk for any session or wedding package booked in 2019. And guys, 2019, it's almost done. It's almost gone. So please contact her. She's wonderful. She does great work. Follow her on Instagram. You can check out all the work that she does. Uh, You can support the people that support down to dunk. Okay, McKellie. Shorter pod today. We're going to run through uh, some of the bigger overall numbers for this team. So, offensive rating on the season, McKellie, the Thunder sit at 18th at a 107.8. And on defense, they sit um, at... Thirteenth, a 107-0, which does give them a positive net rating, puts them at thirteenth in net rating at a .8, right behind the Utah Jazz, uh, Indiana Pacers, and the Houston Rockets. Um, so, uh, this is the numbers on the season show that they're an average team. If you go to maybe the last ten games, uh, which is a smaller sample, but still not insignificant. You can kind of see that this team um, has improved quite a bit. Uh, their net rating is at a 2.7, uh, which is the mark of a, of a pretty good team. That's the 10th best team in the league over the last 10 games. So uh, this, this team continues to improve and kind of gel a little bit. And you just wonder what it means uh, for trades. Because if this team can keep it together for this year, and I brought this up on the podcast I released Saturday, I brought this, John Hamm brought this up. The possibility of extending Danilo Gallinari, keeping this team together for this season, and then looking for trades in the summer is something that is very interesting to me. And I think is probably really interesting to the Thunder too, because this Thunder team could be the seventh seed going into the playoffs and rolling, and like, that's there's va- there is value in that. And also, this team is too good to try to get a good draft pick this year. They're just too good. I don't think, even if you trade a Gallinari, like, they've shown. What are they, three or four and one with Gallinari no. out? I mean, yeah, yeah. You, they're too good. This is The team with Chris Paul and Adams and Shea, and they're too good They're too good to tank And so you have to wonder if a playoff Series where you Win a game or two If that would even boost the value of all of these Guys and then you can kind of sell Off maybe a couple of them and then head into the next Season uh, ready to get a Higher draft pick and It's I think that this It's changing this season for sure Because I think the first 10 games of the season you thought Okay well Let's get rid of these guys quick as possible. Let's get the tank on. And the the last you know month, month and a half, it's been like, oh, okay, this team is good and they can compete and they are likely to make the playoffs if they stay together. And you know, it, would you rather have the thirteenth pick or you know the eighteenth pick and a playoff run? I think you'd probably have the latter.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I. I had this idea from the beginning because I I like the floor that Chris Paul gives you uh, in terms of your record because when you have guys like that that can rise your floor, uh, it's it's extremely difficult to to be that bad, and so I, I don't think that even without Gallo this team can be uh, below thirty team uh, in terms of wins and so you have to you have to factor that into your decision um, when you when you try to to make a plan for your direction. And I think that the front office is extremely okay with what is going on on the court. Uh, it is a learning curve. It is a process. It, it, it will become like that, maybe. Um, like that, I mean, uh, a tanking team that goes like 22, 25 wins, mm-hmm. but it's not necessary. I mean, we were discussing before the pod uh, that you have a lot of currency and this currency in terms of draft draft pick can be accumulated to, to get one good pick, maybe. Sure like Dallas traded two uh, round pick to to get Luca maybe you have to trade four but if you get a Luca that like at least two or three front office aren't recognizing recognizing as such maybe you get a chance i'm not saying that will happen because i mean you don't have a Luca coming your way every season but maybe sure. so um on on the extension of Gallo i think it's a very good idea because if you, do, if you go over the market, like Cleveland did with Kevin Love, uh, which I think was the same idea, like try to extend Love because now he has a uh, decreasing contract with a it's lot of years. Too many years though, right? Yeah, too many years and the figure is too high. Like yeah. if you have Love on a 25, 24, 23 millions, that is huge value. But yeah. are, you, are you getting Gallo signing uh, a contract that starts at 22 millions? 21 millions, like a little bit below what he got this season? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It's really hard uh, because you want a, a, a contract that goes down or at least that stays around 20 millions. If you sure. go to 25, that's over market value for Gallo because you have to factor in the injuries. You have to fa- factor in the fact that he will go six. You never know if he goes 75 games or so. And, and, and that. That is a huge factor. Uh, there's always the Nene rule. Can you trade the contract as soon as you sign it? And if you do an extension, I think that you want to go in that direction.
0: Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I think the Thunder have so many directions they can go with this franchise, with this team. I still, I still know in my heart of hearts that the Thunder should and probably will acquire top level players through the draft. What method they will use. I would guess that they're still going to use their own picks to get there. Uh, They could trade for, for a player at the top like that. Like you said, Uh, you got to have teams screw up. You got to have the Suns and the Kings and the, the Atlanta Hawks all screw up and then you swoop in and get the player. It's that's a tough ask for great players in the league, you know, Zion, like the Pelicans weren't doing that for Zion, you know, and Zion and Luca are, you know, about the same level of prospect coming into the draft. Uh, you're not going to have people screw up every time. And so you not only, you need luck, and then you need these other teams to, to be very stupid <laughs> in, in their pursuit of players. And so it's a tough, it's a tough balance, but I do think that you get, you get the most control. When you have when you have your own pick and you get to choose, and so sure. that would be my guess as to what they would do. Uh, last thing, Stephen Adams was on the low post, and I think we'll talk probably talk about this a little bit more on Wednesday with Alex. But uh, lots of really it was a fun interview. Uh, Stephen's great. I thought the KD stuff was really funny. Have you listened <laughs> to it yet?
1: Yeah, I did. I did, and I also read the book, uh, which yeah. which was which they basically discussed for the entire pod. And right. if you didn't read that, you you really should buy it. it. It's a it's a very good book. Stephen is, I think, open hearted there. Uh, he yeah. really talks uh, his life, uh, and and you really can understand um, him better. I think if you, if you read the book, and and of course the pod was. Uh, was just great uh two great guys uh, makes up for a very good pod Yep, uh so great uh
0: thanks for listening uh thanks again to everybody at clns media with all the help that they've been uh to our show and the growth of our show uh and to the people at daily thunder uh we we do appreciate all of you guys very much um and look forward to all the success that you guys are going to have in the future uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow Michele on Twitter at Mikey Barrett. you got to listen to Michele on Thunder After Dark. Go to patreon.com backslash OKC Dream Team. It really is the best way to recap the game is to listen to Michele talk about it because he has such a smart basketball mind. So make sure that you go listen to that. Uh, also, also follow him for his postgame tweets. Uh, very, very good stuff. You'll be so much smarter if you will listen and and read his stuff. Uh, Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk, and uh, we, we appreciate you guys. Hope you guys have a great New Year's Eve. Stay safe, have fun, enjoy family and friends, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.